You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, Episode 41, Thankful People Are Attractive People. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. Welcome to the show and this very special show during Thanksgiving week. If you're listening to the show uh, other than uh, other than Thanksgiving, well, we're talking about Thanksgiving this week. Uh, really, a topic that's so central to our lives. And as we as we get further into the actual celebration of Thanksgiving in our country, I'm afraid that uh, so often, like Christmas and Easter and other holidays, that it's lost. It's lost, and it kind of turns into a buying spree. And when people think about Thanksgiving in our culture today, they think about about uh, Black Friday, you know, the day after when everybody is going to go shopping. And this year, the marketing gurus have done one better. They have gray November, meaning that we have been celebrating Thanksgiving by buying stuff uh, all this month. Well, anyway, we're going to talk about the real meaning of Thanksgiving this week. And uh, I want to thank you, starting off, no pun intended, by I want to thank you by uh, for writing me and telling me about what you think of the show and, and how it has helped you. Really encouraging. And I encourage you to go to iTunes and rank the show, leave some, some comments. It does a lot for the algorithms to get Catholic uh, radio shows out there where they can help people. So when people you know search for topics and so forth, the show ranks high and people have a chance to hear the gospel rather quickly. Well, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving uh, today, and I'm excited about this because of all the topics in my life that I study, I would have to say that Thanksgiving is one of the top five topics. If you were to go into my library, you would see a number of topics. I like to study simplicity. I like to study suffering. I like to study love. I like to, to study discipleship. Uh, the fifth one is I love to study Thanksgiving. And we've done some shows in the past on Thanksgiving, but today we're going to focus on, on the, uh, the art of Thanksgiving. And I want to give you 10 tips for cultivating Thanksgiving in your life. It, re- it will really, will really produce dividends in your life if you become a person who is thankful. But as the title of the show says, thankful people are attractive people. I've got to tell you that, uh, I, I can see two groups of people when I go out into the world. One is people who are very, very thankful for everything in their life. And, and man, they are, they are attractive people. I think about people like Mother Teresa, who was very, very thankful for everything. And there was something so amazingly attractive about her. And then you run into people that, that are not very thankful, always complaining. Uh, always blaming, always finding excuses as to why they couldn't do what they were expected to do. And those people typically are, are not real attractive people, to be totally honest with you. But we want to focus on uh, thankful people are attractive people. We can find so much to praise God about in our lives. One of the great prayers of the church is the examine prayer that comes out of the Ignatian tradition where at the end of the day we we look back at the day and we thank God 
uh, for all of the blessings. And we look at our day to see how we've done and we make the appropriate changes for the next day. Well, the, the examined prayer begins step one by looking back at your day and thanking God for the great things that he has given you in your life. And so often when we are struggling in our lives with, uh, with our health and finances and relationships, we find it difficult, to be honest with you, to, to find the good things in our life. But the examined prayer forces us to begin with thanksgiving. And the reason for that is that when we look at the gifts that God has given us during our day, it ties us immediately to the gift giver, which is God. And that's a great way to start our day. The word thank is actually derived from the old English word thank, T-H-A-N-C, meaning thought. And so that tells us something right there, that if we're going to be people of true thanksgiving at this time of year, uh, thanking is related to thinking. It's not just some kind of uh, word or expression of thanks that we say that's 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 separate from thinking. We're actually thinking, and we are concluding with a heart of thanksgiving, and we express it with our mouths in the things that we do. Gratitude is the disposition. Thanksgiving is its natural expression. So thanksgiving, because it unites the mind and the heart, is an expression of the whole person. I want to run you through a little exercise before we look at the 10 tips for cultivating thanks, thankfulness during this Thanksgiving season. I want to look at that story in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. It's the healing of the lepers. It's one of my favorite stories. Uh, if, if, you've, if you've done any study in the New Testament, you know that leprosy was demoralizing. It was defeating. It was it was socially uh, devastating to to find out that you had had uh, become a leper. It was a disease that automatically, according to the law, uh, both the biblical law and the social law, you were an outcast. You were you were put into a leper colony outside of the community, and that meant that your relationship with your family was over. No more soccer games. No more. Christmas celebrations, no more Easter egg hunts, no more going to Mass on Sunday morning. It's it's over, and your life is going to be different. Well, there were 10 of these guys that had developed, uh, who had caught leprosy, and one day Jesus walked by them, and they yelled out, uh, you know, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus healed all 10 of them. Now, you would think that after being healed, uh, of this this uh, atrocious disease that they would be filled with so much thanks. But Jesus made a very interesting observation uh, from Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. He said that he, his observation was this. One man returned and said something. He said, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Now, the church fathers and the doctors of the church tell us that these physical healings that we read about in the New Testament, such as, as the, the healing of these lepers, uh, we, we, they, are, they are almost like what we would call sacramentals, these healings. A sacramental is something that points to the deep spiritual healing that the love of the Trinity brings. They are signs, they are sacramentals, they point to the deep, deep spiritual healing. In other words, the physical healing points to the deep spiritual healing in their lives. That means that even though we, you and I, have not had leprosy, physical leprosy, we've had 
spiritual leprosy. We've been dead in our trespasses and sins, and Jesus has completely healed us. So this is not a story that is separate from our own reality. We too have been in a devastating position like those lepers, and we too have had Jesus pass our way, and we too have been totally healed, and we too have a new beginning. But the question is, which leper are we? Are we the one who turned around and said thank you? Or are we one of the nine that didn't say anything? Well, there's a way that we can find that out very, very easy. We can take a look at, well, what about last week? Last week, this the, the week before Thanksgiving, which one were you? Were you the the one? Or were you were you one of the nine? Did you go to adoration and thank God? Did you thank God in the car? Did you thank God at the end of the day? Did you take some time to give thanks for all that he has provided for you? Or did you have a week where, you know, to be honest with you, just time went by and I didn't think about anything? we got to be honest about that. You know, we always want to be that one that, that absolutely says thanks. A person with a thankful heart has a proper perspective on life. This year at Thanksgiving, uh, we need to get away from the turkey and the gifts and the Black Friday and all that, the gray thanks, the gray November. And we need to focus on what God has really, really given us in our life and express that thanks to Him. A person with a thankful heart has a proper perspective. As G.K. Chesterton once said, the secret to happiness. Get this. It's pretty insightful, to be honest with you. G.K. Chesterton said, the secret to happiness is gratitude. It's gratitude. People who are filled with gratitude are happy people. People who are not filled with gratitude are constantly complaining and always wondering why they get the raw end of the deal and oh me, oh my, I eat worms. These are not happy people at all. They aren't. I'm just being honest with you. And if I were to be honest with you, I'd have to go a step further and say there are days where I'm one of the nine. And I don't like it. I want to be that one. And I want to be that one every day. So I, I challenge you to check your heart. Where do you stand? Restless, never satisfied, continually thinking about your problems, your circumstances, your your finances, your health, and so forth, and always coming up, oh me, oh my. Ingratitude is a clear indicator of a heart turned in on itself, proud, never satisfied. Oh, God, deliver us from that this, this year, this Thanksgiving. Deliver us from that kind of heart, a heart of ingratitude. I like what Paul says. And I, by the way, all this stuff is in the show notes. You don't have to write it down. If you're in the car, do not I repeat, do not get into a car accident. I have provided all of this in the show notes. My my crack producer, my wonderful producer, Marisa, puts it all together for you. And in fact, I, I challenge you to find show notes better than this show, not because of me, but because of Marisa. She does such a good job. Ingratitude, it's a clear indicator, right, of the heart turned in on itself. Paul says this, in Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 32, I'm not going to read it all, but Paul examined some of the most wicked depravities in the world. I mean, I'm not going to name them right now, but you go read it. Romans 1, 21 through 32. He names a, a whole list, a litany of the most wicked depravities in the world. And you know what he finds in the midst of it? 
He found a thankless heart at the root. Oh, man. Oh, oh, man. (laughs) At the heart of all of these sinful depravities is a thankless heart. Wow. Now, on the other end of that spectrum, we find Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary. She's at the complete opposite end of the spectrum in the Magnificat in Luke 1, verses 46 through 49. What does she say? The Mighty One has done great things for me. The Mighty One has done great things for me. Is that your confession this Thanksgiving week? That the Mighty One has done great things for you? Is that really your confession or is it, oh me? Oh my, I'm going to eat worms. Nobody understands. Nobody gets me. I always get the raw end of the deal. I've never even guessed the Powerball number. No, the Mighty One has done great things for me. The Catechism says in paragraph 224, it's in the notes, one of the implications of having faith in one God, that is, there aren't many gods, but there's only one God, as it says in the Shema, Deuteronomy 6.4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. We worship one God, and the Catechism says that one of the implications of having faith in one God is it means living in thanksgiving. We know who to give credit to this week. You know who to give credit to. It's God. It it isn't you. It's not your talent and ability. All It all comes from God. It's all good. It all comes from God. Well, I promised you at the top of the show that we're going to do 10 tips for cultivating thankfulness. And we're going to take a break right now. When I come back, I'm going to give you 10 tips that are practical tips on how to cultivate thank- thankfulness during this Thanksgiving season. And I hope you I hope you uh, go to the show notes and get them. I'm going to put them all down there for you. But more importantly, and I say this to myself as well, I hope you do them. <laughs> and I hope I do them. The greatest gift we can give to God at Thanksgiving is to be obedient and to return thanks to Him. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey guys, this is Shayna from Ascension. I don't know if you've heard, but with Ascension's new digital delivery platform, you can start a study with anyone, anywhere. Here's how to do it. First, go to ascensionpress.com and create a free online account. Once you're there, preview any of our study programs for free and choose the one you'd like to lead. Then, find at least three friends, family members, or coworkers who want to do the study with you. Once you have your group, make sure everyone registers to receive their study materials. Then, you're ready to go. Meet with your group in person, online, or both. It's that simple. Well, thanks for returning. I thought you might return because I... I had an, an inkling that you you just might want to know what these 10 tips are for cultivating thankfulness in your life. By the way, uh, I do appreciate the email I'm getting from you. It's an easy email. Uh, if you've got ideas for shows, you've got comments and things you want to add to the show, uh, shoot me an email. It's real simple. The Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. It'll be in the show notes. 
Uh, that is the Jeff Gavin Show at AscensionPress.com. And once again, too, uh, share the show. If you're if you're listening via iTunes, share it with friends. Uh, this 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 time of the year, share the show with friends. If you're listening to this on Ascension Presents, you also have the ability to share it with friends. Well, I hope you do. Okay, ten tips for cultivating thankfulness. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? All right. Number one, remember that thankfulness is a holy discipline independent of feelings. So often people say, well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like like doing that. But from a, a biblical perspective, giving thanks to God and thanking God for things is independent of feelings. We, we don't just wait till we have the feeling to thank God. We thank him whether we feel like it or not. I like what Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. It's in the notes. He's address, he says, we address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart, always and for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. I like what he says there. He says, always and for everything. Now, if you take always and for everything, there's apt to be days that you don't feel like always, you know, praising God. But Paul says, always. And for everything, give thanks in the name of our Lord. So giving thanks is independent of feelings. Colossians chapter uh, 3 and verse 17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see, a mature believer sees the hand of God in every circumstance in their life. Are you a mature believer? Number two, we're talking about 10 tips for cultivating thankfulness. Number two, thank God for the small and the ordinary things. Thank him for the small and the ordinary things. Someone once said, the only thing necessary to make us unappreciative of a blessing from God is that we should receive the blessing often and regularly. Think of the opportunities for the leper the following week. Look for the blessings in the mundane. Paul said in Colossians 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And I like what the Catechism says too about thanking God for small and ordinary things. The Catechism, paragraph 2638 says, as in the prayer of petition, every event and need can become an offering of thanksgiving. Just take a moment this Thanksgiving week and ask yourself, what are the, what are the, the petitions and, and what are the events in your life this week? Those petitions and those events can become an offering of Thanksgiving. So start with the small, start with the ordinary and thank God and say, God, I thank you for my shoes. Go, go, go without your shoes on Thanksgiving all day long. And at the end of the day, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you're going to be thankful that you've got shoes. Start with the small and ordinary. Number three, thank God in the midst of adversity. Thank God in the midst of adversity. Paul said it this way. He said, give thanks in all circumstances. And uh, he said that in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. But Paul didn't just say this stuff. 
you know, thank God in the midst of adversity. He modeled it. He modeled this stuff. He modeled this attitude when writing from prison in Philippians chapter 1 in verse 3 when he said, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, as he wrote to the Philippians. Wow. It's powerful. Thank God in the midst of adversity. This year, during this Thanksgiving week, let me ask you a question. Are you going through adversity in your in your life right now? Uh, with your health, your finances, your relationships, your schooling, your your job, your emotions? Are you going through adversity right now in your life? Give God thanks for all that you have. Show an, an attitude of gratitude in the midst of adversity. I could go on and on with uh, all. In fact, we did a show on this not too long ago uh, about what do we do in tough situations? In fact, I even wrote a book on it. I put that in the show notes for you. It's called Praise God and Thank Him, Biblical Keys for Hope and Under, or Biblical Keys for a, a Joyful Life. What do we do when we get into tough situations? We thank God. And that's what Israel did over and over when they were in tough situations where it looked like they weren't going to be victorious. The choir came out and started to thank God. Beautiful, beautiful. Number four. I love this one. Set aside time daily to express thanks to God. Set aside time daily to express thanks to God. You know that in ancient Israel, a daily habit of thanksgiving was important to the life of the nation, so important that the Levites were officially appointed to stand in the temple every morning and every evening to do one thing, give God thanks. That's right. Every morning, every evening, the Levites would stand in the temple and they would give God thanks. Todah, T-O-D-A-H, Todah, thank, thanks. First Chronicles 23.30. And then we also see in the book of Daniel, Daniel did something three times every single day. You can read about it in Daniel 6.10. What did he do three times a day? Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he thanked God. Oh man, what a habit that can change your life. I don't know about you, I just got convicted. <laughs> See, this is the beautiful thing about this radio show is that I get to talk to myself. I'm serious, I'm convicted about this. Daniel thought that giving God thanks was so important that he three times a day got on his knees and did it. He thanked God, Daniel 6.10. I'm going to challenge you, and I'm challenging myself, this next week, three times a day, I'm going to put it into my routine. I'm going to get on my knees. Morning, afternoon, evening, I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to thank God. I'm serious about this. I feel so convicted by the Word of God today. Will you do it too? Write me. I want to hear, I want to hear the Jeff Caven show at ascensionpress.com. I want to hear I want to hear the response to this challenge. Daniel knelt three times a day to thank God. You and I can too. Another idea is, you know, you've got these smartphones. Let's put them to work. Let's set alarms three times a day to thank God. The Catechism says in paragraph 1418, and all this is in the show notes, to visit the blessed sacrament at a holy hour is, quote, a proof of gratitude. So, I'm, I tell you, my friend, I'm challenging you as I'm challenging myself. 
Let's thank God three times a day. Let's make a point of going to adoration. Proof of gratitude. Visit the Blessed Sacrament. Number five, thank God publicly and corporately. Well, if you go to Mass, you do this. You do this. We as Catholics are really people of praise. We're people of thanksgiving. In fact, the the Eucharistic celebration is called the Eucharist, and Eucharist is the word for thanksgiving. The Mass, at the heart of the Mass, is thanksgiving. We're giving God we're giving God thanks. And the whole Mass is just riddled with, with thanksgiving. Before the elements are consecrated, Jesus gives thanks. The Gloria, we give you thanks. We praise you for your glory. Liturgy of the Word. The, the, uh, the, the, the reader says, the Word of the Lord. Response, thanks be to God. The Eucharistic prayer, let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And what's the response? It is right to give him thanks and praise. You see, the, the liturgy teaches us what to believe here. And in fact, in the Eucharistic prayer, number one, the day before he suffered, he took bread in his sacred hands and looking up to heaven to you, his almighty father, he gave you thanks and praise. And what's the concluding right? Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And what's the response? Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Love it. Love it. Number six, try voluntary fasts from something you take for granted. Try a voluntary fast from something that you take for granted. When you give up eating for a day, you're going to thank God for your next meal. When you walk to work, you're going to thank him for your car or for the bus. There's a lot of things that we can do. We can give up something for a day and it will bring about a thankfulness in our heart for all that God has given us. And I, I challenge you to, to do that. This coming week, maybe take away something in your life and for a day. And at the end of the day, you will just offer such beautiful thanks to God for the little things in your life that have been such a benefit to you. Number seven, keep a record of God's faithfulness to you. In other words, count your blessings. Count them one by one. Keep a record of God's faithfulness to you. Let me tell you a quick story. I have a relative that had been married. Um, they both have since passed away uh, in the last year or so. But they had a, a habit. A, they had a, um, uh, a tradition of keeping count of God's faithfulness in their life. Every year since the day that they were married, they cut off an inch of the Christmas tree at the bottom. And uh, then they wrote the date, the year on, uh, on that uh on that small one-inch section of the of the trunk, and after you know close to sixty-five years of being married, uh, they would string all of these pieces of wood together every Christmas, and they would be able to recount the years and the blessings that God had had brought into their life. It was a great family tradition. I remember it well. And this last year, uh, the la- the wife passed away. It's my my wife's aunt. Beverly is her name. Pray for her and her husband, Stan. A beautiful tradition, really a beautiful tradition. And there's a lot of traditions that you can come up with where you can keep a record of God's faithfulness to you and your family and you can count your blessings. We have a new ornament on the Christmas tree every year. And and before we put up all the other ornaments, we go through all of the years and those ornaments where there's a specific blessing that year and our kids go through it with us. And now our grandkids 
go through it with us. And it's a great chance to recount all the wonderful things that God has done, keeping a record of God's faithfulness to you. Number eight, show gratitude and thankfulness towards others. Show gratitude and thankfulness towards others. Think of three people right now, three people that you could write a note of thanks to in your life. They have meant so much to you in your life, your development, your spiritual life. In fact, the Catechism says in paragraph 2220 that thanking those who have passed on the faith to you is a sign of gratitude and thankfulness. So I want to, I want to challenge you again. Think of three people that you could write to this week and just say, I want to thank you. It reminds me of my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Knight. Mr. Knight was the teacher that, that absolutely ignited, pardon the pun, a passion for reading in sixth grade. And I remember the, the stories so well, so well. And I, I, I owed him a lot for getting me hooked on reading and adventure books and, and things. And I remember when my first book came out in 1999, My Life on the Rock. I think it was 99. Uh, one of the first people I thought of was Mr. Knight, you know, my sixth grade teacher. And so I, I went back to Minnesota from Birmingham, Alabama to visit my folks. But I brought a, a couple of books with me, and one of them was for Mr. Knight. And I went to my old elementary school, Hubert Olson Elementary School, Chan, or, uh, Bloomington, Minnesota. And I went to the principal's office, which I was quite familiar with. <laughs> and I asked if Mr. Knight was here. And he said, no, he doesn't teach here anymore. He's over on the other side of Bloomington at another school. So I quickly drove over there and I went to the principal's office there, which I was not familiar with that one. And uh, I asked if Mr. Knight was here. And they said, oh, yeah, he's down in room so-and-so. And I walked down there. And there was my sixth grade teacher that I had not seen in Oh, wow, I don't know, 30 years or something like that. He was an old man now. It's on his last year of teaching. And I walked in, I said, Mr. Knight, and he looked at me like, I know you, but I'm not sure how. And, and I said, my name's Jeff. He goes, Cavins. I said, yes, Jeff, Jeff Cavins. How are you doing? And I said, fine, fine. And I said, I, I just wanted you to, to, to know that I uh, appreciate what you have meant in my life. And I, I handed him my first book and I had tears in my eyes and I, I said, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for all you taught me about books. And I wanted to give you the f first copy of my, my book. And he looked at me and he had tears in his eyes and he said, he said, nobody's ever come back like this before. And I thought, that's sad. We need to show gratitude and thankfulness towards others. Think of three people that you could write to this week. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9.12, he told the Corinthians that generosity, quote, is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Did you know this? Did you know that taking care of your parents in their old age is a sign of thankfulness towards God? Uh-huh. Paragraph 22.15 and 22.18 of the catechism. Number nine, number nine, suffering from anxiety or worry. Uh, some of us do sometimes, don't we? We suffer from anxiety. We suffer from worry. We can't sleep at night. 
Well, what do you do when you can't sleep at night? Here's a tip for you. What do you do when you can't sleep at night? Watch CNN. Okay, come on, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. What do you do when you can't sleep at night? Paul commands those people to cultivate a life of thanksgiving in Philippians 4, 6. If you can't sleep at night, what does the psalmist say? Psalm 119, 62. It's in the show notes. Rise and give thanks to God. If you can't sleep, rise at midnight and give thanks to God. It's so much better than network news. It's so much better than the, the Kardashians. It's so much better than National Geographic. It's so much better than finance shows and shows about selling real estate and everything else. Rise and give thanks to God. And number 10, drum roll please, allow the Holy Spirit to awaken your memory during the liturgy of the word in the mass. This is an interesting point right here. It's uh, <laughs> it, 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 so often, so often, I, I'm just, I'm, this is part confession, I guess, that we get caught up in thinking about our own problems, you know, when we go to mass, that the scriptures are being read. And if your life depended on it, you couldn't, you couldn't recite anything that was just read. You weren't paying attention. You weren't, honestly. You know, I mean, not all the time, you know what I'm saying, but, but so often, uh, you weren't paying attention. And our response is, thanks be to God, right? It's thanks be to God. And so my prayer is this, tip number 10, allow the Holy Spirit to awaken your memory during the liturgy of the word. In other words, pay attention, pay attention to the word. And according to the catechism in paragraph 1103, the Holy Spirit will inspire thanksgiving and praise in you. And paragraph 2807 in the catechism, adoration can be understood as praise and thanksgiving. So ask God to quicken and to awaken your memory during the liturgy of the word so you pay attention to his great, great blessing. Wow, 10 tips. You know, there's a lot of great quotes out there, a lot of great things that have been said by great leaders in the church about Thanksgiving this time of year. G.K. Chesterton said, when it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or take them with gratitude. Very, very important. St. Ambrose said, no duty is more urgent than that of returning thanks. St. Teresa of Avila said, in all created things, discern the providence and wisdom of God, and in all things, give him thanks. St. John Paul II said, remember the past with gratitude, live the present with enthusiasm, look forward to the future with confidence. St. John Chrysostom, he said, happiness can only be achieved by looking inward and learning to enjoy whatever life has. And this requires transformed greed, transforming greed into gratitude. St. Teresa of Calcutta, she said, the best way to show my gratitude to God is to accept everything, even my problems, with joy. Thomas Merton, he said, to be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything. And St. Therese, Th Therese of Lisieux, which I know is a, a favorite of many of you, you've written me, she said, Jesus does not demand great action from us, but simply surrender and gratitude. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's absolutely beautiful. A few thoughts there about some of the great leaders of the church and some of the things they've had to say about, about Thanksgiving. Well, my wife and I and the entire staff of 
of uh, Ascension Press. Thank God for you. And we pray that this Thanksgiving will be a, a very meaningful one, a deep one, and that uh, you will have opportunity to express thanks like never before and to share this message of thanks with others. And so I'm going to ask you once again, share the show with your friends and uh, say happy Thanksgiving. I want to give you 10 tips on how to cultivate thanks thankfulness in your life. And again, if you want to write me, it's the Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. And let me close in prayer, a prayer of thanksgiving. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, during this great week of thanksgiving, I lift up to you, my friends and family, my brothers and sisters in the church, and ask you, Lord, to help us all to cultivate a heart of thankfulness, and not self-centeredness, not ingratitude, but gratitude, and uh, a heart of praise. Lord, there's so much to be thankful for, and we just take this time now to to not only thank you, but to also ask you to help us to develop habits in our life that will cultivate further thankfulness in this attitude of gratitude. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, thank you, my brother. Thank you, my sister, for joining me on this week's show. God bless you.